Welcome to the podcast that inspires the American dream through hard work and adventure. Our wide range of guests will give you a unique insight into their crafts, professions, and experiences. So sit back, enjoy, and have a laugh. Thanks for tuning in. This is the Free Range American Podcast. All right. What's going on, man? Hello, Dakota. How are you today, buddy? Dude, it's so good to see you. It's, I'm happy you came to my house. It's been a while since you've been here. Man, I know. I know. Because you're always so damn busy. Well, so are you, though. You're yeah. like, you fly around my house with your helicopter all the time. I, you know, I just always, every time I pass your house, I just, I just never want you to think that I'm not thinking of you. <laughs> was, did you fly yesterday by my house? Uh, no, it wasn't yesterday. Oh, Eli said he thought it was you because I heard the helicopter and I ran outside because I had my jorts on from that Instagram photo yeah. and I was, I was hopefully it was you and you're gonna be like, what the, the fuck? No, you know, usually like it's not usually a question if it's me or not. Is there, I mean, do you have anybody else that flies that low over your house? No, but I live in hillbilly country. So a lot of people own helicopters, but yeah. if it's a, if it's a low pass on my house, I know it's you. You know, it's definitely sure. me. Yeah. I came over the other day, man. Like I was, I was screaming too. I had a tailwind. And I was screaming. I tried because I always, I always try to do something very special for you. When I get right above your house, I try to lower the collective and blade flap all over your house. Oh, okay. And so I just, I try to make it extra loud. Got it. They just hit rotor wash on me. I yeah, appreciate. That. I try to do that. Thanks. And um, Jared was like, he asked me yesterday before I came down here. He's like, "Are you going to land at Matt's house?" I'm like, "Dude, as many times I've done low passes by his house, his neighbors hate me, and there's no way I'm landing there, so they know who I am." <laughs> yeah, and I have an HOA, and so they, they would be like, "I'd be fined in like two seconds." Uh, about that. Yeah. About your helicopter. My bad. But you could just tell him, like, dude, he had a chip light. He had a chip light, and it was an emergency landing. Yeah, emergency landing. He happened to be my friend, and he's a yeah. he's a fucking war hero. Okay, he was flying over my house, and and luckily, no, luckily, he was flying over a house, right? And he said he wanted to thank you all for allowing you know for allowing him to land here you because know, yeah, you we, we can come life. up with a story. You, actually, the HOA saved his life. Here's his letter <laughs> yeah. that he wrote. Why has he done that three times this week? <laughs> so weird. There must be something in the air so, up there. Something must be above the place. So how you been, man? Good, good. And this is an exciting podcast because we just said that we were going to dual post it. Yeah, we're going to dual post it. It's going to go on Free Range American, Free which Range is American. our new podcast. Yeah. And so if you are listening to this on Free Range American, where can they go find on yours if they want to check out your podcast? Uh, so it's Front Towards the Enemy. Actually, I, it was owning it, and we actually changed up owning it there was another book that was you know like man it's it's kind of crazy like you know there's a book that was out and then every time you googled owning it the podcast it right. went to that book and this and that so I, and i honestly i thought like owning it was it's pretty cool but front towards the enemy is more me did you just come up with that where's that from no like, I'm just <laughs> <laughs> is it like a claymore reference well, or? Yeah, yeah um so i just thought i thought you know that that meaning was was kind of uh, you know, more me. So that's where you can find us at front towards the enemy, uh, with Great. Dakota Meyer on, you know, all the platforms. Awesome. So dope, man. What's new? Uh, I mean the, the, the social distancing quarantine things new, you know, Dude, but how crazy, I mean, how crazy is the times that we're living in right now? It, it's wild. I think this is the first, uh, ever, you know, we did a, a show on free range American about it, uh, kind of about our actions during the quarantine and kind of how we've changed our lifestyle. I mean, the good thing now though, it's super weird to see some of these people bitch. Like, I don't know if you saw the celebrities come out with that song and stuff, but like they're complaining and like we have 
FaceTime, internet, like VTCs, like you can be yeah. fairly operational. It's like yeah. those people aren't really the ones being impacted. It's the small businesses mm-hmm. and the kind of the third and fourth order effects that are coming from the virus. And then, um, you know, like the, the loss of blood right now at the Red Cross because no one's doing blood. There's like all these weird stipulations that are associated yeah. with people not being able to live their normal lives. And it's it's very bizarre. And I have no clue how long it's going to last. We'll see. Yeah, I mean, I just I, I think it's just... Uh, I don't know. I, I, I believe that, you know, this is the epitome of just how how spooled America is, right? Like, this is the the epitome of how spooled the, the United States of America is and how, I mean, I haven't. Do you think it's spoiled or do you think people just lose touch? I think that, that that's kind of the thing. And, I think and that's kind of like the same thing, right? Like, I, guess, like I think, like, when you've got things too good, I mean... I mean, step back, step back. I, I like the worst at quarantine. Whatever. I mean, first off, you talk quarantine. We're not quarantined. No, we're not. It's you, social distancing. It's, I mean, the, the the term is obviously the term is like funny, but, but but it's like quarantined. You know, like, I, and I, and I see these people. Well, quarantine would be you got the coronavirus, and it's like you know a four week or however well, long it is. That's quarantine because you can't touch anything, you can't be around yeah, anybody. That, anybody. That's quarantine, nothing, right? Right. This is social distancing. Being this is safe. Social, yeah. Exactly, safe. But like, you know, I, I just I honestly have to look at even though the government's doing you know what what they're doing, I, I think it's so, I think I think it's all fucked up, and I'm and I'll tell you why. Like, if you're going to social distance and, and it really needs to happen, only 10 people can go in an HEB at a time. But I walked into Home Depot and Lowe's yesterday, and they're full, and everybody's walking through there. I mean, you know what I mean? Like, like so, I, I okay, maybe I won't get it at HEB, but if I go by Home Depot, then there's no quarantine. You know, there's no social distancing there. It's like these rules and regulations of what essential businesses are is absolutely bizarre. Well, I just don't think we know what the fuck we're doing because this is the first time. I think everybody, including like medical professionals, yeah. there's still misinformation as far as the spread of the virus, how it spreads and all of like we don't fully know right now. Well, of course not. But like, don't don't tell us we can't go to a restaurant, but we can go hang out in Home Depot. Yeah, I mean, I mean that's fair. I think. Yeah. You know, what I'm, does that make sense? Right? Like, I just, I think, like, if we're going to do it, like, let's you're just saying, like, all in, right? It's all in, or like, <laughs> and, and then I see these yeah. people, like, I, I kind of laugh, and and I, I know people are trying to do their best, but when when I mean, look, we we've been, I don't know, I mean, I'm sure you've done some, I mean, we've done decon training, right? NBC training, like like we've, and when you see that, you see people who are wearing. So first off, they're wearing masks. Well, any of the spools that are in the air. Well, what are they going to attach to if they don't attach well, they can attach to your mask or anything like that? You know as well as I do. What do you have to do when you take your, your mask off if there's a, an NBC or something like that, a biological warfare? You have to decon through procedures before you take it where you can breathe it in, right? And it's like, you know, they're, they're wearing all this stuff and doing this and that. And then, like, you know they're getting in their truck or they're going home and they're not, are they necessarily deconning, right? Are they really getting it off of them? Is it really going to be that safe? You know, if it is airborne... It's in your vehicle. If it's already on your spools, you know what I mean. Like you're touching shit. And well, it's yeah, like, I think, but that's like you know the government, whatever can put um, you know restrictions on stuff. But it, it always everything in the world starts at the individual level. So it's you're individually responsible responsibility, for your right. Yeah, you're, you're self responsible for your habitual movements, what you're doing, how you're cleaning yourself. Like it's just you know um, we were talking right before this. 
um, which can tee you up for your sponsor. Yeah. But it's in part why I'm being really, really, really safe in all of this is because like my father's 77 years old. Like the chances of him passing away if he were to get the coronavirus are pretty, it's fucking terrifying. Like yeah. it's terrifying. Um, and so like, and I have to be the guy that goes to the grocery store or my wife to get groceries to bring to him. And so it's like, we go through a whole procedure, like hand wiping everything, sanitizing everything before we get it to him. Like, because, I mean, the shit's real. And, well, I mean, but it's up to me to be responsible. I can't be like, yeah, fix it, course. government, right? It's well, like, it's up to it's fucking up to you, me. Up to you, yeah. right? But, I mean, you know, listen. Listen, that's so perfect that you just said that. <laughs> you know, uh, that's where Postmates comes in, right, man? I mean, they, they, you know, they deliver from uh, Walgreens, CVS. They deliver everything, not just not just food from restaurants, but they can go and get your groceries as well. So, I mean, have, you know, that that's where Postmates come in, you know, and that's why it's so awesome, you know, especially in a time of the coronavirus. I actually used them the other day. Really? Uh, yeah, I actually used them the other day to uh, pick up a prescription. For me and my kids, like I, I, that's the place I'm not going into. I'm not going to go into a place where people, sick people, go into. I'm not going to the doctor right now. Yeah. Like, I'm not going into, you know, things like that. I'm not going to take my kids and expose them to that because, like, you know, I feel like that's where most people are directly going to if they are sick, right? And um, or symptomatic in one sense, it couldn't not even be the coronavirus. Or symptomatic, be, yeah, something, something, right? Yeah. And so, so anyways, for our listeners right now, it's where it's really great. Postmates uh, for a limited time is giving our listeners only uh, one hundred dollars of free delivery credit for your first seven days to start free deliveries. Download the app and use the code. Guess what? It's going to be. Dakota. Oh, oh man. Uh, that's code Dakota, D-A-K-O-T-A, for $100 for free delivery credit with no minimum purchase for the first seven days when you download the Postmates app. Anything you need, anytime you need it, Postmate it. Boom. Boom. Look at you. Um, so make sure to go check it out. But for real, I mean, in times like this, man, like, is, is, if people would be, like you said, individually responsible... Well, yeah, well, we wouldn't have to be doing this crazy shit. Well, that's like it teased me up these fucking spring breakers, man. Like they had statistics come out of there and I watched um, a news thing on it the other day. But it was like, I think, and, and don't quote me on this, yeah, but it was something around like 70 of the spring breakers had already tested positive for the coronavirus. And I'm like, you fucking morons. Because what happens, like you have to think of the economic stipulations associated with this as well. Because if those 70 kids go and they're like, oh, I'm young. It doesn't fuck with me. They go give it to other people, mm-hmm. other people. And then the weight on the healthcare system and then uh, prolonging this fucking social distancing quarantine shit. Yeah. And then the impact it has economically on all these small businesses. It's like, stop being an asshole but, and fucking be self-responsible and safe. Well, of course. But the thing on the backside of it, is realistically we're going to have to get this. Like, if not, because here's the deal. Do you think that if, let's say we shut down for eight weeks, then it's just a matter of a time for it to come back, and then it's going to be a slinky effect. And it's like, I think, I think, I do know, because I, I spoke to a ton of doctors on this. Yeah. They, there are prerequisites of the, the higher probability of you'll die from this, right? The older generation. If you have... Um, lung issues. If you have lung issues, if you're a smoker, right? So I think that the problem is, is nobody's educating on, hey, this is the people who will die. Stay away from them. And, and let's, like, I think if we would split it up, because here's the thing. is like you take the, the governor of New York. He kind of contradicted himself the other day. His brother got diagnosed with coronavirus. And he said, well, he's young and healthy. He'll be fine. Well, we need to, in my opinion, we should back up 
we should stay away from our family, right? Like if you're going to go out and work, but we got to keep the economy going at some level because if not, the longer this thing shut down, we're going to be fucked. Yeah, I, I actually agree with that. And I think that's well above my pay grade as far as well, of course. what to go forward. But like all I can say and why I get so heated about that is like right now, the the doctors of the world are saying that this is the route forward. But then we need to listen to economists as well because we can't just sit in a bubble of, of quarantine for six months. Like we will crush and cripple this Everything. country. So there has to be something like maybe there's something going forward where between the ages of 20 and 40, that workforce needs to really cover down, yes. be great Americans, put the fucking work in. Roger that. Like I'll step up to Let's the plate go. as much as I can. Like, you know, it's what we're doing in our company to ensure that all of our people are, are staying safe, working remote, having jobs. If that's what we need to do, Roger that. Like, I don't have the direct answer for that, but yep. like, it, it, there might but be a time be where these millennials are going to medium, have, right? Yeah, like, where, right. where we got to step up, right? Like, like, hey, you know, I, there's just there's got to be a happy medium in this thing, and I think that that's where, surely, surely, in the next, you know, I mean, I think I think we've got about six weeks before you start seeing people do crazy, crazy shit. Right. Yeah. You know, I think that's why you look in any, like, generally speaking, this is a little fantasy world just to make it more fun, but like post-apocalyptic world, like things can get bad very quickly. And then everybody's going to result to violence Mm -hmm. to protect themselves and their family eventually, whether that's food, water, supplies, whatever the case it is. But if it, you know, not to wear my tin hat, but you know, it's in times like this when you're sitting here and you can see my gun safes and the ammo I have. And I'm like, I mean, I didn't realize I prepared my whole life for this. Right? <laughs> I'm like, all right. First off, we did a ton of training early on in life yeah, for yeah. these situations. But, you know, I, well, I mean, and to, to, to go on and prove your point, I mean, when you've got people fighting over toilet, toilet paper, paper I, less yeah. than a weekend, imagine what that motherfucker is going to do the day he's hungry. Yeah. Yeah, hopefully it doesn't come to that, right? That, that, that's why we need very, very smart people working together to kind of hopefully guide our country in the right yeah. direction. And then we're going to need people to step up to the plate and work, especially if that, if that is the answer of having people that are, you know, 0.03% chance of dying from the virus, like getting out in the workforce. I mean, you, you see that a lot with like nurses and doctors right now. They, their, their probability of them getting the virus is high very high but they're showing up every fucking day to work and working 20 hours a day like man i've seen some of those stories and it's like cheers to them like thank you guys like it's amazing i mean i seen a story of a doctor the other day who who's going and what he's doing is but he's when he comes home he doesn't even go in his house to see his family he's sleeping in a tent yep in his in his garage because the probability of the getting and you don't know symptomatically exactly and he doesn't want to pass it on to his family so he's just like i mean that's crazy. Well, even that, and you think about like first responders, and then you think about like the general essential businesses in America, like truck drivers. These are guys that are stopping at gas stations every three hours and potentially be, being contaminated. And then, but they're driving all like I feel like some people maybe because they didn't run a business before, like supply chain management, and people have this false reality, especially like we'll call them city slickers or whatever. But like. The people that live in the city, they're like, oh, my hamburger, I just get it every day. And you're like, okay, think about the logistics associated yeah. with that from the farm to table. Like, like there, there is a lot of moving pieces that can go away real fucking quick, man. Tons. And we have to be thankful that there's people out there still willing to go and do that stuff yeah. for us. Because, like, how do you think the fucking grocery stores get filled up? Like, yeah, exactly. Right? <laughs> there's not a tree in the back that, you know, toilet paper grows on. Oh, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> 
And then you have to think about the facilities, like, right? Because we're, we think about that a lot, like packaging facilities that, you know, or, or Amazon roasting facilities. These are where people have to be in fairly close quarters and you have to worry about social distancing and still making coffee yeah. for us. Like there are a lot of moving parts in all of this. I mean, there's tons. I mean, there's, it takes a lot of people behind the scenes <clears throat> to make that one thing that you can get instantly. Right. And I think yeah. people have forgotten that because yeah. of things like Amazon. I mean, literally we're in the age right now to where like, just think about this, like our kids, like will never, like they'll be able to order something and it gets there at your doorstep that day. Yeah, I think we, it's kind of like very impulsive in nature. I think even with social media, right? You know, remember back in the day when you had to like wait for a TV show or something, and, and I can't even believe before I was born, but it's not that far along when there I mean, was no internet. Now it's like anything I want, I get in one second. On I mean, this you thing. remember? You remember like you remember when you used to have to take the VHS tapes and like it was like it was high speed if you had the rewinder. Yeah, the rewinder on it. You know what I'm talking about? <laughs> where you close it down and it rewinded yeah. the whole thing. <laughs> You're like, yeah, boy, watch it again. Or you had to hit it, or you had to do it on like the slow rewind or whatever. Oh, yeah, yeah, like on the in the VCR. Like, if you had to do it in the VCR, like, dude, you're a loser. I know it's funny to think about the technological advancements in, in, in just the short span of like 15, 20 years. So when I was a kid and I had cassette tapes and stuff, you know, if you wanted to re-listen to that song, you had to rewind, stop, rewind, stop, just to get to the right part of the song. And now it's just like drag and pull. Right. It's, it's just, imagine, like, and I've become comfortable with it. Remember, I, I don't remember, remember when this. the CD, like when, when, when like you had to hold your CD player if your parents were driving down like a, a, a like a rocky road because it yeah. would bounce and it'd skip. It would skip. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> or you, I always had the like, a couple rich friends, you know, and they would have the six disc oh, one, and they'd be like, "Check this out!" Check this out. Oh, I'm yeah. like, "Oh my oh, god, my. you're rich! This is so cool!" I'm like, "I don't even have a CD player. I'm still on fucking cassettes." And what was that? What was that thing like? Where like it was really cool for a while. You could go get all your music off of it. Um, it's like I don't know. You could like burn it off. Like you had to stay. Like, it's like stealing it. Like Napster. You, Napster. Yeah. Napster. And yeah, they're that, trying to download it. Like, you know what I mean? Like, oh yeah, on like the fifty six K modems and all that. Yeah. yeah, that that started the digital media. I, I think really. That's crazy. Well, it's interesting too. Like other businesses that didn't catch up with that. Like Blockbuster's a huge one. They're like, that's stupid. Yeah, failed. I see ya. I don't. I don't. Are they still open? Maybe a couple. Maybe a couple. Who yeah, knows? I mean, I mean, I, you know, I think. Yeah, it's 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 just crazy, man. Um, so what do you think? I mean, what do you think? What do you say to these people who are like? We're, I mean, we're two, we're, dude, we're two weeks into this thing, right? Two, three weeks. Yeah. I mean, people are out there losing their fucking minds already. Like, two or three weeks in, we're not, we ain't, you ain't even really felt the effects of this. You know what I mean? Like, like we're two to three weeks in, like, that ain't even a deployment. Right. We had less shit than, like, we, we were, like, this is normal. Like, this is, this is still way better than being on deployment. So, yeah. like, what do you, I mean, what do you say to people out there who are, who are just, Coming un, un, unwound and well, they're saying they're bored. They, they can shut the fuck up, right? So that's the way I look at those people. Like they're, they're, there's, there's, there's a couple things when I think about this, and I'm a pretty dumb guy, but it's at least what I'm trying to do. It's like don't be an asshole and go into crowds of 500 people on spring break, you fucking prick. Mm. Then secondly, it's like it's not that hard to be chilling at home. Like, yes, am I blessed? People might say, you go to gym and all this shit. Yeah, you know, I, I, I provided for myself and I teed that, that space up. Yeah, that was my, but those you, are my actions. But so. you, yeah, these are the results of you choosing your priorities. Right. 
Um, and I know that it might be more difficult in like a city because I have a lot of friends in Chicago through my business and, you know, they can't even really walk around the streets. They're confined to their apartment. That's pretty tough. They like, chose I get to live it. there. Right. Um, but you can endure. That's, it's not that hard. And I don't mean to like discredit it. What's hard is the people going out in the hospitals and working and the small businesses that are going to fail because of this. And I think that's something is very important. Like Noel yesterday went out and each night we've been trying to hit different businesses in our community to get takeout because right now they won't, they shut restaurants are all shut down, but you can call in an order and the guy will walk it out. And we're doing that because I don't want to see these businesses fail. And the only way they can sustain themselves through this is people supporting them. And because I still have income and our business is doing okay, I, I should be out there financially supporting my community. And I think that's where that individual responsibility should lie is like, what actions are you taking to support your communities and the country? Because you can't be fucking lazy during this. I mean, I guess you can, but like if you can act, act in good faith and, and support your communities, right? Yeah. Whether that, even that's, that's social distancing, just do something smart. I mean, hundred percent. Like, and it's like, I just see all these people who are like on board and it's like, 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 hold on. Like, like, like there's no way that your life's intact right now. Okay. Can I go to a fucking tangent on that one? Dakota. Come on, let me hear it. That's what I was trying to get you to. You're fucking bored. Shut up. All right. There's this thing called the internet. It's all, (laughs) and this is what I get so mad about. It's where like, I am such a dumb motherfucker, but I outwork my intelligence. That's all you have to do. Go on to fucking Adobe Premiere and download Photoshop and take YouTube tutorials and become a Photoshop master in five weeks. And now, guess what? You have a contingency plan if you can't go to work. Like, there's so many... Or pick up a fucking instrument that you said you were going to play for your girlfriend for fucking last five years, but you're too lazy to learn. Like... There is so much opportunity to better yourself in this environment. Learn a language. Just you, you can do something. It just requires work that you don't want to do. That, that's that's like what we comes, have the fucking internet. That's what it comes down to. That's what it comes down to. Is it's a matter of you're not bored. There's just shit you don't want to do. Yeah, and and like and I, your life changed, right? I got it. So, but you know what? But whatever. But you know what? Every so did every other motherfucker's life yeah. out there. Everybody else's life has changed due to this. Like, like this is affected. There's not one person in America that this hasn't affected in some way, right? I mean, and it's like stop, well, yeah. stop bitching. If you say if, if bored is your reason for bitching during this, I, I, I like get, get over it. Like, like you you can endure, motherfucker. Like. If you had zero food or you're going every single night to the fucking hospital and sleeping in a tent and you can't see your family, guess what? You, you can complain to me. And how do we help you, bro? Because that's courageous. That's actually doing something that is impacting their health, yep. their way of life. That's, that's a real fucking problem. Not, what about I these- ran out of fucking Tiger King episodes to watch. <laughs> oh, my God. Dude, Tiger King's in jail. What do you think about it? Have you been watching it? No, oh, I binge watched it. <laughs> I binge Tiger it. King's in jail right now and he's yeah. quarantined. He's quarantined. That's what, I, that's what I read on. That's what I read on the Daily Mail. Oh yeah, on, spoiler uh, alert! If on, on turn way, it off, if you uh, on the way down here, uh, the Daily Mail said today that uh, he's ex- uh, exotic is in coronavirus isolation in Texas jail. Oh wow! His uh, his fourth husband, Dylan, uh, reveals that they're forced to cut contact. Um, so I, I mean, yeah, that's. Uh, I felt pretty guilty watching that show because it was like trash reality TV, but it was like, I couldn't look away because every episode just like, what the hell? Yeah. I mean, I, I watched probably two episodes of it and I'm like, I'm fucking out. Really? Yeah. I just, I couldn't like, I I mean, he's in the, he's in the category to me of the Kardashians of Cardi B of like, I just watched it and it's like, 
you know, and that's the problem is, is like in a time like this, like people know the Tiger King's name more. And, and look, and we live this more than the doctors who are out slaving and trying to do everything they can to save people's lives. And people are just like, they're watching this, this shit show of the entire issue of America, right? Like, I mean, like, it's like, this is the, why are we so infatuated with this type of stuff? Well, I think that's the, the, the foundation of entertainment is to get your mind off of real world issues, right? It's just, but, it, it, I'm not saying it's the right thing to no, do. No, I'm just no. saying that's why it exists because when you're watching the Tiger King, you're like, what a shit show. And you're not thinking about the quarantine. You're not thinking about but, your family. You're just like, this I, is it. And so, and this is where like I, you know, look, I, I was on reality TV, right? So oh, I yeah, get yeah. it. I get it. But this is where like, I, so I think there's a difference in entertainment so, like, what you do is entertainment. Like, you do, you do videos and you do content that's entertainment because it's not real. You know what I'm saying? Like, it's, yeah, it's, it's satire. A, it's humor-based. It's You're real. talking about, like, this is a real person's life. You know what I mean? Well, like, I think that's what makes it so compelling because it was such a shit show. <laughs> I know, but I'm just saying, like, dude, like, that's a guy that just, those are a bunch of people who need fucking help. Like, they are the problem with America. Well, yeah, it's interesting to see, because kind of at the end of it, a little bit of spoiler, I won't tell too much, but, you know, I didn't know this, but the ending footage after he goes to jail is essentially... What? Yeah, well, he went to jail, but, like, part of that footage, it actually shows him when he started it. He started out as, like, this normal-speaking rescue guy. He, he, he wanted to end all zoos that were um, capturing, like, tigers yeah. and, and exotic stuff. And then you slowly saw his transformation as he became famous, more Feed famous. Like, the outfits were changing, glamorous, the way he moved and taught. Like, everything started to progress. And it was because it's that kind of whole social media, third-party affirmation thing that a lot of these young kids are enduring right now. Like, how many likes did I get in my photo? Yeah. I'll shake my ass a little more, whatever the case is. And it's not really, like, the entertainment thing. It's solely there for affirmation. What and, do you go to jail for? Um, he had about 19 counts. One of the main one was trying to, uh, hire, um, murder for hire for Carol. He tried to kill this (laughs) girl. He tried to get her killed, Carol? Yeah. He tried to kill Carol? He tried to kill, well, yeah, you gotta watch it because there's all these like collusionists Mm -hmm. that are part of it and, and other felons and he got kind of fucking, he tried to kill Carol? He tried to hire someone allegedly, and then they got him on some other counts of like um, shooting some tigers or something because he euthanized them because they, he said they were sick or whatever. And obviously, when you go to a grand jury and you have, you know, he killed tigers and he's got fucking videos of fake shooting Carol on, you know, on oh, yeah. on TV. That, like, that's that's going to hide. Emotionally speaking, you're, you're going to jail, bro. That's, that's kind of hard to defend, yeah. isn't it? That's going to do this, <laughs> son of a bitch. Boom. You're like, well, that's not going to hold up well in court. But you know, we all know somebody in our lives who kind of reminds us of the Tiger King. Yeah. Right? Yeah, that's Dude, fair. We all have a family member, too, usually. Yeah, yeah. I got some real hillbilly family members. And if you don't have them. a family member, you're probably that family member. <laughs> yeah. Hell, man, I know nobody like Ty. Oh, shit. <laughs> so how's the book doing? So you, so you released the book. I haven't talked to you since you released the book. Yeah. How's it doing? Good, man. You know, I uh, hit the New York Times bestseller. Um, Dang. Number one national bestseller. I don't, I don't cool. have a B, but... We both got that title. Yeah, you know. They, not all heroes your, wear capes. Thank right? you for your service. <laughs> Shut up. 
<laughs> no, that's uh, good. I haven't really focused on it much anymore. I think it just kind of slowly chug along. I'm sure like you, you have that like initial launch. And then yeah. now it's just like, as people come in and go, who's this guy, Matt? And then they read my book. So yeah, it'll continue to sell. I mean, it'll continue to yeah. go. I mean, I, I looked, I think, I mean, mine still sells quite a bit. Like, you know, like it just, I think we have the frequently bought together, which, you know, Dang, I'm honored. Well, I mean, listen, I'm honored. Oh, oh yeah. We, I always, that's right. <clears throat> Got your tattoo. Yeah. <laughs> Man, what about that day? Man, we, um, so we, we, how did we even do, where did that even come from? Well, I, like sitting there. What? It was because you were in town. I think you were staying at my place. And then my old tattoo artist who did my whole back, Peter Sotero, he, remember he craft brewed beer in his backyard. Yeah, yeah. And so we went over there and started drinking IPAs like a bunch of morons because he lived like three minutes away from me. Yeah. And they're like, let's get some tattoos. And I remember exactly how it went down. You were like, I said something about getting your initials, and you were like, hell, I'll get yours if you get mine. And I would like looked at my sleeves, and I'm like, no one's going to notice if I have another tattoo. And I was like, done. And you did it. And I was like, all right. But hold on, hold on. I never had a Medal of Honor recipient so, tattoo me so, on their initials on me. So you, so you guys, if you can't see, I just showed him. So I have Matt's tattoo, his, his initials on my chest, <laughs> and he has my initials on his wrist. Now, here's the other piece that you forgot to add in there. Okay. Is a tattoo artist didn't do it. No, we did we it each other. Yeah, we did. <laughs> that was part of the deal. I'll let you. I'll, I'll let you tattoo me if you let me tattoo you. I don't know your romantic <laughs> life or where it is or what, but it makes me happy that if someone ever cuddles on your chest, they're going to be laying on my initials. <laughs> um, so the hardest part is is, is is you know when they look at that initial, uh, they're always they they're like. Well, what? Because they always think it's like some ex's initials. Right. They always like they they. What's her name, Marina? What's her name? What's her name? You know, whatever, right? Like they'll, 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 they'll definitely accuse me of it. Like, why don't you get that covered up? And I'm like, no, it's 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 Matt. Oh, what a fucking coincidence! What a coincidence! You can just use it for that, right? I'm like, uh, no, like it's actually. Well, didn't just text me, and I'll send them one a DM. <laughs> Like, like, oh, you got that because you got DM'd. I'm like, what? No, it's like I've had, like people have asked, like, like I like to co- like, will you cover that up? It bothers me. Like, it and I'm really? Like, yeah, and I'm like, no, no. I appreciate that. I'll die with that on me. Yeah, yeah. this is not getting covered <laughs> up. <laughs> I'll die with it on me. Oh man, that's how you know. That's that's like like that's like the new blood brother thing. Yeah, you just tattoo your buddy. Yeah, I mean, we changed needles though because you know we we're safe, but. I think we did. Yeah, no, we, oh, cool. I don't. I don't play around with blood. Man, well, you're so serious all the time. So, what else you been doing? What's new? Why am I so serious? You're so, you know, you're always so like you're always by the book. You know, you're, you're like, you're, <laughs> you, you know, you you come off as this guy who's just like not by the rules. But you're, you're. I think you're kind of a. I think you're kind of a rule follower. You know, I'm. I think you're kind of a rule follower. I'm. I'm. I'm more chill in real life, and as you know, yeah, but I'm like a business owner. You're definitely you know? not the rebel without the cause anymore. Hey. Hey, you calling me, you know, this is the, this is, this is, wait, am, am I the guy right now where it's like, you know, when metal bands turn into like dad metal bands, you know, and it's just kind of like more rock based and you're like, son of a bitch, what yeah. happened to the, yeah. Yeah. So I, I gotta be honest, man. Like, I mean, if I'm going to call you out on it, like you're the Matt one T best, but like, you're like the 2.0 version. Well, that 2.0 version is 25 in the world on the country music charts, Dakota. So right now, you want a screenshot? Because I'll show it to you. But you're, too, but you're the 2.0, man. No, that's been fun, man. We uh, we did that quarantine song. That was just a good old time. We uh, There were so many cameos in there. That's um, really cool. Like, Where'd that idea come from? Man, I... Uh, 
I had an idea for a uh, like a Corona song about a week before, but I didn't like it because I felt it was almost like poking fun at the situation. And I knew that as this things progressed, it was going to become far more serious. Yeah. And so kind of just came up with a, this quarantine. I'm like, okay, that's something we can have fun with and bring people together. And then called Tim and him and I with their uh, producer, Micah, we wrote that on Sunday night in two hours, the whole t- thing. And then by like Wednesday morning, the video was ready to go. So I just sat at the editing bay the whole time and was like texting every single one of my friends. Like I need videos. That's not natural. What? Like that's not normal. Like that's not like something anybody like you just like that's talent. It happened very quick, and that's why a lot of people that were curious if it was on iTunes or Spotify, and they're like, it's not on here because it takes a while for to populate the digital media side of the house with the song. It takes like five days, and we wrote it in three. So by the time it, the song is ready to publish, it took five days for it to go live on iTunes. So. That's so nuts. Yeah, I mean, it had everybody in it. It had a lot. You were in it. Yeah, I had uh, playing with Lux in the helicopter. Yeah, we were dancing. I uh, I went on Fox News and they were like, uh, watch it. Only you would have a you know, or it was it serious? I think it was on my serious interview. Um, but they were like, you got your own personal helicopter in the backyard, and then he cut me off before I could actually say. It. I was like, it's not mine. It's Dakota's. Like I don't want people to think I like just have a helicopter. Like I'm not rich. Like I just. Well, neither am I. Uh, that's, that's perfect. <laughs> they just think I'm flying helicopters yeah. in the back, just living yeah. this dream life. Quarantine. Well, yeah, you're. My that, life is pretty cool. So, dude, you have the coolest life. Um, so what else, what else, what else, what else has been going on? What's new? What's on the horizon? I want to ask you that. What's been going on with you? I haven't spoke with you forever. You got the podcast. Yeah, Are you man. still doing the canvas art yeah, stuff as still well? Doing that. We're shut down right now. I mean, you can't really, I can't really justify an essential business as, as right. you know, canvas art. Um, you know, I got my new energy drink out, uh, you know, the Dak Savage flavor. Uh, oh, that's yours. Yeah. So Jocko, uh, the discipline go. Oh, that's why you asked me to try it. Yeah. Oh, I'm like, ah, it's, it's all right. Yeah, it's <laughs> secret. It's um, so, you know, it's all natural. So I, I actually got, I got rhabdo real bad. Uh, from, Shit. From, so I was drinking bangs. and uh, Oh, dude, I, I just, I'm going to segue so you could tee yeah. you up. Because I know some of that drama. Um, not because of that, but I can't legally, I don't think I can legally do this, but I uh, definitely motivated most of our employees here at the San Antonio office to stop drinking that. Yeah. Because I was talking about, the, the the side effects of this because people were drinking two or three a day and then I'm like, bro, Dude. it's like a thousand milligrams of caffeine. Then the creatine is shutting down freaking kidneys. And I know I'm not discrediting their business. Oh. I'm just saying based off of the no. consumption rate because I think that there's warning labels on there and I'm not gonna say anything about their I'm business. I'm gonna show but... you what the warning label is because like so, so I'm not gonna say that Bang directly put me in the hospital. Uh, what I will say is that I was, I don't think it's a coincidence that bang was the only outside supplement that I was consuming. And yes, I was consuming two to three a day. Nowhere on the can does it say, and this is coming from the CEO, Jack himself, who tried to call me out on this. I, I laid in the hospital bed for seven days. Holy shit. Like I was like two or three days away from them putting me on dialysis to clean my, to clean me out. Right? Holy shit. Yeah. So well, what's rhabdo for people that don't know? So rhabdomyosis, it's basically where your protein, like, you, you know, so your, your kidneys uh, process out your protein levels. So like if you work out right now, our, prote- our CK levels, what they call it, yeah. would rise up to, you know, maybe 1,000, 1,200. Mm-hmm. But your body, because that's, you know, when you work out, you break down the proteins in your muscles. And then, you know, it's got to filter out and process that out, right. right? So what happens is, is when that doesn't happen, well, it starts to poison you. Yep. 
And so... And you'll see a lot of that with CrossFitters. I think that's when people started yes. realizing Rabdo because they'd be like stay-at-home soccer mom. They'd go to CrossFit without mm. properly hydrating and all it these kind of health things, and they get pushed to an extreme level, and then they their piss is like well, because, brown. Because, but, and usually it happens in things like that. So like if you're doing um, – it's like bigger muscle groups, yeah, right? So like if you're doing more – because the more muscle groups you're hitting, the more protein exactly. it's coming out, right? So you know they say usually if you're doing back – core exercises that's why you get a lot of it from from uh crossfit but so like one day man i i woke up it was on like it was like a sunday night and i had started working out again but not like i mean literally it was just body weight stuff like i like i'd not even nothing crazy right and i've been running a lot so it wasn't like i just came out of nowhere and worked out and um it's like midnight and i'm like in bed and like i we know sore but all of a sudden, man, like I can't, like literally I can't even roll over my bed and I'm like, fuck, something's wrong. Yeah. So if I got to, I got to go pee. And so I get up to go pee and I go to pee and I look in the toilet and as I'm peeing, it's like the color of Coca-Cola. Yeah. And I was like, dude, so I text my buddy, Nick Bear and I go, dude, is this normal? And he's like, dude, there's no way you could give yourself rhabdo. Like, like there's no way. And I'm like, okay, man. So I go back to bed. And, like, I'm so hurting all night. I get out to Phoenix. I got a meeting out there. And finally about noon, I'm like, dude, I, I have to, I got to go get something checked out. Like, something's not right. And so I go to this doctor and I walk in. And their CK level would only check to 5,000. And he's like, dude, you're over 5,000. Like, it's off the charts. Like, we got to, we're going to admit you. And I'm like, no, I'm going home. So they shot me up with morphine. Holy shit. And, you uh, went home? I jumped on an airplane. You're like, such a fucking Marine. No. Oh, charge through the objective. Well, like, he's like, the only way I'm going to let you go home is if you promise you'll go to the hospital as soon as you land. And I'm like, dude, I land at midnight? But yeah, sure. Be thinking that by the time I get home, I'll be fine, right? I landed and I drive myself. Now, obviously, the morphine's out of my system by this point. It's another half the day. Right. And uh, it's like, I get home at like 1 o'clock and I just drove straight to Baylor Scott and White. And I pull in and I'm like, hey, you know, like, can you guys check me out? And the doctor kind of looks at me and he pulls my blood and he comes back in there and he's like, you're going to die. He's like, dude, our, our lab goes to 14,999. 14,000. Yeah. And he's like, uh, you're off the chart. Holy and he's like, your, your, your kidneys shit. are high. Your, your liver functions high. You're admitted. So I was there for three days and they're putting a bag of, um, saline through me every two hours. So they said you on a constant drip? Constant drip. That's a fast drip, too. Pretty. Fast. Like, they're pushing it through. We try to clean it out. So then they come in, like, they're like, it's not helping. And then I got, I kind of got into it with the nurses there. And uh, I said, fuck it. I'm refusing medical treatment. I got up, and I'm going to a different hospital. So I went to a different hospital. And I get there, and theirs went up to 30,000. And this is four days afterwards, and it was off the charts there. And I had to stay there for three days until it would come back on the charts. And so it took, it took three or four more days on top of that before it would ever Holy read. And I, they let me out of the hospital at 25000 And then, it, you know, I had to wait until it checked on out. So it was your, over 100000 Jeez, Fuck, you're good to be alive, buddy. Yeah, man. Like, like, like uh, they gave me two more days. If it didn't come back on the charts on 30000 then what they were going to do is they were going to start me on dialysis to, to pump that out. Because, you know, your body, your kidneys can only... Function. Filter so yeah. much before, yeah. So I, so I, I, I called out Bang, and uh, 
And so you know what Jack's response to me was, the CEO of Bang? Mm-mm. He said, it says don't drink more than one on there. And I said, show me where. I, I had the can in my hand. Show me where it says do not drink more than one. He sent me a screenshot of where it says on there. It says, do not consume this with any other caffeinated product. So when you drink the second one, that's another caffeinated product. Oh, uh, just so silly verbiage. So they're not silly verbiage. So it's like, fuck you, Jack. You know what I mean? Well, that's, uh, I'm not going to discredit of that course. at all. But like, you know, when I look at a lot of these energy drink supplements, like people have to know, like, it's so bizarre to me that people like in an office are drinking two or three of those or kind of anyone because they don't even know the ingredients. Like there's better aline in there, there's mm. creatine and how much you can process due to your weight. It's not just a caffeinated beverage. Like, yes, can you consume a fuck ton of caffeine and be pretty okay? Yeah, it's going to yeah, take a lot to a kill lot. you. It's like, But when you do it, when you look at our life, well, I'll, I'll speak on mine. You know, I've been consuming this since I was in high school. Yeah. Look, ca- like energy drinks, and that's why, that's why I jumped on with this, because energy drinks aren't going away. Energy drinks are... As I, I, I hate to say it this way, but they are the millennial coffee, right? Like, you know, you guys, you guys are, are you know, get in there, but like whoever doesn't drink coffee, guess what they drink? Energy drinks. You yeah. know what I mean? Like it's one or the other and it's like, or, or both, right? Because like we're, we're functioning so much. I mean, and I've been drinking energy drinks since, dude, rip it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And never stopped. I came back and I just drink, 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 drink. And it's like, we're functioning. We're always going to go, you know what I mean? And and that's where I jumped in with this. I was like, man, like if I can do something healthy. And that's, you know, that's where we got with this. It's all natural ingredients. Like it's only got 95 milligrams of caffeine in it, right? Five calories. Um, it's all nootropic ingredients. So it's like, yeah. you know, it's not going to go away. So let's try to provide a healthy solution to it. No, that's great. I mean, I think a lot of us that are entrepreneurs and all that, it's like you always look for a healthy nootropic op- option because, you know, you're going like at least 16, 17 hours a day where you have to function. Like You, you have to. You know, you're in meetings all day and then you got to make really, you know, big business decisions. And if you're not functioning, like you, you're fucked and you, you're, and you screw all your employees and all these things that like you really care about in your family. Yeah, the ripple know? effect of it is it's, astronomical. I mean, where did you... So like, I think <clears> what's really cool is like, I've never... I've probably only drank one cup of coffee my entire life. Really? Like, so where did you like start drinking coffee? Like, where? Like, can you remember your first cup? I, I just think it's so cool because, like, you know, you you know you you you're with Black, you know, you own Black Rock Coffee. Like, you're an owner there. You're like you're an entrepreneur. But like, I've never, I've never drank. Dude, I I couldn't tell you a thing about coffee. Yeah, to be honest with you, I wasn't very educated on it. Like when I was a contractor overseas and stuff, and even in the military, I would just like go over and put eight ice cubes because like cold beverage and then just hit the coffee pot and go, and that's what I would drink. Just terrible, like chalk tasting coffee because it's all we had. So I didn't really know anything about coffee. You just did it for the, like, that's all you had. Caffeine. It was a caffeine delivery system. That's what I wrote in my book. And then when I moved to El Paso and started doing business stuff, that's when I started like drinking K-cups or, you know, single serve (laughs) coffee options. That's all I did. And it wasn't until I became business partners with Evan that, you know, I I always make the joke. I moved to Salt Lake City and he showed up and he was like, dude, you want a cup of coffee? I'm like, that'd be awesome, man. 
like fucking 30 minutes later, he's got like scales out and shit. I'm like, bro, I just want some caffeine. What the fuck are you doing? <laughs> yeah. You know, but he takes it so seriously. He's really educated me on it, like the different types of coffees and then how it relates to the origin and then the brewing method. There's so much. It's like wine, to be honest with you. Yeah. Very similar. Yeah. Like you can just drink a red glass of wine and enjoy it. Or you can understand it and see how complex and the, the different you know flavor profiles and the bean. It's it's just insane. Yeah, I mean, but like, what got like? Do you do you? Is it acquired? T- like, I can't stand the taste of coffee. Some some people don't like the taste. I don't, I don't know. What, I what do you I think love that has it. Has to do with I, no clue. Just have your palate. Like coffee. Yeah, maybe, maybe. I don't know. I was gonna make a joke, but I won't. <laughs> Come on, let's hear it. What does that have to do with it? It's like a marine gay joke, you know. That's all right. Oh, you know, oh, oh. Too, too many crayons in your mouth that it ruined. Crayons. This has ruined my palate. Uh, yeah, but five years doesn't your palate change like every five or seven years? No clue. What are you doing? Like I cycle through a lot of different coffee. I'm, I'm a cold brew guy. That's what yeah. I mainly drink. I never get sick of cold brew. Just black cold brew. And then like you know, Evan does a lot of with her ECS or Exclusive Coffee Club subscription. We just did that Atomic Orca, which is hilarious. Um, he goes to like all these crazy different origins with their coffee yeah. department, and so some of them it tastes like berries and fruits, like some of the coffees out of Ethiopia. So I enjoy those, but yeah, I don't like hot beverages to be honest with you that much. Like I'm always so a cold, I don't either. cold like, guy. I don't like. I've never been into like. Like ever, I've never really been into. Maybe that's, maybe that's part of it, right? I've never tried a cold brew, but like cold brew is my favorite. Because like I've never, like I'm never, I've never been into like hot beverages. Like I don't like hot chocolate. I don't like any of that shit. Really, I I do weird shit once in a while. Like I'll take a we have decaf at Black Rifle, and I'll make one at like eight p.m. sometimes, and then a little Irish coffee in there. I I, I very much enjoy oh, well, that. Well, hold on, that, you know, little little Bailey's, no, little lot. Uh, no, look, I'm really good. Jameson, at, I, little. I like Irish, I like Irish car bombs. <laughs> Those are good too. <laughs> you know what, I mean? <laughs> what a fucked up name for that. You ever think about an Irish car bomb? Yeah. <laughs> are they like talking about the FRA or whatever? Like, isn't that, isn't that, yeah, like I have an Irish car bomb. Like, uh, those were like bombs made to blow up people and like whatever war that we thing call was. we call those uh v-bids <laughs> <laughs> yeah. right you're like going to the store can i get a double shot of v-bid maybe that's the next maybe that's the next uh, yeah, that's what y'all should do right call it suicide bomber coffee <laughs> suicide Jeez. bomber coffee yeah. oh my gosh man what um so you got so y'all have your new podcast out mm-hmm. uh free range free range american what so where where'd that come from you know, we were part of Drinking Bros, you know, obviously we, we founded it, um, you know, and um, that show kind of materialized into more of like this entertainment talk show kind of vibe thing. Yeah. And it was very difficult for some of us, probably Evan and I, to have the time to participate in three to five episodes because we're running a business yeah. and the things like we have to care about our family, which is our employees. And so this was a good way of like, okay, people really wanted us to come back on a podcast. How do we kind of own it and have creative control under the black rifle umbrella? Yeah. And then we can educate people on our business, what we're doing and then bring awesome guests like you in and all these other people that we've had on. And it's just, it's more fitting for our style. Yeah. Um, this day, I think we all kind of progress. Um, but you know, Jared's still on Drinking Bros all the time. I go in there once in a while. You know, I'm so close with Ross and all those guys. So yeah. there, there's no no beef on the table whatsoever. Just so, kind of life goes in, in different directions. Sometimes. So what do you think about so so and and we kind of hit on this earlier, but I mean you know where so where are you at? Like I mean you look like you're doing things a lot different, right? Like you're not as put you're not putting out as much content. Um, it's like it's like. Uh, you know, people who used to know you back in the day, like, right? Like when we were just all out there being fucking idiots. It's, it's, yeah. I mean, that's, that's probably like a, 
that's probably the best way we could put it. Yeah. Um, but now, man, like it looks like over the last few years, like you're just you're dialed in, man. Like you're fucking like you're definitely definitely dialed in and focused a lot more. Does that make sense? Yeah. Well, I think I mean <clears throat> that's a great question. Honestly, I've really never talked about that. I think you know everybody matures, right? As as you go forward, and I think when I look back at the Art Fifteen days when we hung out a lot, and you know I was fucking crazy back then. I still am, but there weren't any like if whatever I created or did on the internet, it's not like that it impacted anybody other than myself. Cause yeah. at art 15, it was literally a five man team. Jared and I outwardly facing, like I could say whatever the fuck I wanted yeah. if I was, if I, you know, made money and I could support myself. Whereas now, you know, we have 220 employees and families and like there, there, there's just like a maturity and, and, and it's not solely because that it's because I've changed as a person a little bit and I, I care about different projects. I mean, we have some really edgy shit coming out, but it's just refined. And, and, and I, I enjoy that because if you're not progressing yourself and you're kind of staying yeah. stagnant, use that analogy. Like I just don't want to live one chapter of my life. I want to write this fucking awesome book of life and it's going to be drastically different every chapter. And there's a lot more content coming down the pipe. I want to focus more on that. I mean, when the book came out, and then, you know, the new year, I was definitely slow on some stuff, but we have like eight videos in the queue right now. That's awesome. Yeah, yeah man. man. What, um, so where we find you at? Oh, um, yeah. Free Range American is our podcast and obviously Black Rifle Coffee. And then I'm just Matt Best on platforms, you know, wherever. <laughs> what, uh, so what about you for, uh, since we're published on FRA, this is Dakota Meyer. Um, yeah. sorry, I have to say Medal of Honor recipient. He's oh. a badass motherfucker. Um, but he's so much more than that. Entrepreneur, yeah. entertainer, um, motivational speaker uh you got new products out right now man you're yeah. crushing the game no man it's good uh no find me uh so we got Flipside canvas obviously you know uh that's that's you know that that's one of my passion product projects right like i love i love that piece of it um own the dash obviously you know it's been a brand that i've you know stuck next to really really hard and then uh and then let's see where else um yeah that's about it you know Thank you for your service. Oh, you know what, man? <laughs> Thank you for your service. You're always looking good, too. You're always looking so good. We're here doing the podcast right next to your gym. Yep. I see why you look so good all the time, though. Oh, yeah, I don't know about You're that. You're flexing on me right now? I'm just like <laughs> wearing small T-shirts, guys. Just, that's all I do is when I get skittier from traveling. I just It has been nice, though. The one benefit about this, not to go keep long-winded here, is I had so much travel. And I was in a month and a half, I was home for four days in the beginning of the year because yeah. of all these things we were doing. And then I was about to go on like another two month brutal freaking travel schedule. And then this happens. So I'm like, Oh my God, I just get to work at my house. And like, I've been streaming on video games at night right now to build that platform and work out and cook. Fuck, yeah, dude, I mean, so it's right? actually been pretty chill for me. It kind of relaxed a couple of work obligations. Yeah, I had it's kind of, it's kind of, yeah. I mean, like I've shut all my stuff shut down, but I'm kind of, I, I, I'm just, I don't know. Like I kind of like chaos. I kind of, it's it's a good reflecting time right now, like to see that what what life will be like if there was not chaos. Do you know what I mean? Like, yeah. Because when you're traveling and shit, it's chaotic. I mean, it's yeah. fuck chaotic, right? There's no stability. There's no consistency. And I just I think that like this is a time that has really made me look back at like I mean I haven't had since the day I joined the Marine Corps at 17. This is the longest I've been in one place. Yeah, I think me too. Since then. You know, and it's like, holy shit, this is, this is, this is weird. It's weird. It's weird. It's different. It's different. It's a, it's a challenge. I mean, it's a challenge. I'm not, I can't say I'm bored because, dude, bored is when you're sitting 
somewhere waiting. You don't even know where the fuck you're going next. You don't know when you're going. You're just sitting there, you know, you know, whether it's getting ready to pick up for a class or, you know, some shit waiting for formation. Like that's, that's real, real boredom is, was when we were in the military. Yeah. This is not boredom. You know what I mean? Like this isn't, this is not boredom yet. It's just, it's, it's just different. It's it's a lifestyle change, but I think there's some opportunity there to kind of really self-reflect, you know, Mm -hmm. I think because you're, a lot of us are so stimulated on a consistent basis, whether it's travel and then the next meeting and then the next thing I got to do. Whereas like if you have a little downtime, it's actually a good opportunity to kind of like think about what matters most in yeah. life. Take the opportunity to reach out to your parents and FaceTime. I'm like, I've done that a lot. Like, oh, shit, I haven't really talked to my brothers the last four months. And like, you know, I FaceTime my brother almost every three days now. And then I see my nephews. I'm like, fuck, man, I kind of miss this. Yeah. And it kind of like helped me like prioritize some of the things in my personal life that I should be better about because I'm always like business first over everything, my, yeah. my relationship, my everything. It, and now I'm like, okay, maybe I can, I can fine tune that going yeah, forward I mean, where it makes some time for people. That's the one thing is like, no matter how this thing turns out, no matter what this, what, no matter what the next six months looks like, right? No matter what, I mean, look, it's kind of like every time you go through a battle, like every gunfight. And I, I remember this, you know, I remember this specifically, and, and a lot of them, de- definitely a lot of them. If, if the more serious the gunfight was, the more, I, like, I was, like, you're never the same. You're not, like, the person who went into that gunfight before the first round was fired is never the same when you come out of it. Like, never. Like, you, you can't. It's, 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 it's a, the way you look at life, the way, that, the way that life looks at you, like, the way you reflect on yourself, like, the moments in those times, like there's not one gunfight that you ever came out of the same person. And I think this is like the same thing. Like America's not going to come out the same. Everybody in, in America is not going to come out the same. But the one thing you have to make the oath to yourself, and I think that's what kept us going through everything we did, is that we're going to come out better because of it. Yeah. It, you know, tragedy and hardship is fucking difficult, but it gives you the opportunity to learn. Absolutely. And that is the most important thing in life is experience and education and learning. And I think you, you can learn a lot learn. about yourself, yes. the country. Yeah, and, and you don't learn like, you know, you said this and I've, I've said it as well. It's like, how do you have the unity of September 12th without the tragedy of September 11th? And you know, you don't want that to happen, obviously, but there, if, if we're provided this opportunity to learn during a hardship, it's, it's our obligation as American citizens to learn and come out stronger the other side. And I, I think like, I, I don't want this to sound terrible and I, you know, I might, I might eat my fucking words on this, but I, you know, if you look back, you go back to the greatest generation, right? You talk about the greatest generation that we've all know it as, is as the World War II, II generation. I mean, dude, they went through. The reason they were so great is because the whole country suffered. Every everyone suffered. I mean, it and, was the war front, and if you you were working on the war, <laughs> right? And, and 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 I look back. I mean, I still have, you know, ration cards that my grandpa had. You yeah. know, back when that was going on, the ration cards of like two loaves of like literally like how many loaves of fucking bread they can get, right? And but look at what it did for the country. Look, it brought them together, right? Like it brought, like there, that's where the greatest generation came out of. I mean, we still look, we still call them that and we're in, you know, my kids will never even know anybody from that generation. And, you know, this, this, this is an opportunity for us to get this country back on track, for us to prioritize of what really does fucking matter, right? Like what really matters 
and for us to come out of this stronger than ever and for us to take this time to unite, to get our focuses back on each other that, that look like it doesn't matter what color you are. It doesn't matter what religion you are. It doesn't matter what sexual preference you are. It just matters that we all live in the greatest country on the face of the planet. Because imagine having this go on and you lived in some of the shitholes that we came from. Imagine being in Iran right now. I know. I was just saying. But imagine being in China. No, I know. And it really shows, you know, and, and, you know, people are like this and that, but like even the reporting and the healthcare system in America, like, dude, we're, we're sitting pretty fucking solid and there's some great learnings. And I'm sure there'll be really smart people and doctors on the, the tail end of this that hopefully listen, you know, and, and it's, it's interesting you say that not like, let's keep talking, fuck it. Um, but you know, when you look at Bill Gates piece four years ago on pandemics and how the country isn't prepared for it, you know, we're more prepared for war and the investment economically into that. And then you think about the, the four years and the elections and all this fucking trash on news these days and all the hyperbole and all like the emotional based arguments. And I'm like, I wish we could fucking get away from that. But it starts at the individual level, because if you participate in it, then that means you're contributing to it and you make the, the issue bigger. So it's like hopefully people can take this time during this kind of shitty you know, thing we're going through and self-reflect and realize what matters in my life, right? Family, my country, like those are the things that really fundamentally matter. And then quali quality of life, which is sustainability of food and, and all these you know, health care and all these things that are great in this country. So it's like, you know. Well, here's, here, so I'll, I'll tell you, so just a, and I know we're keep talking, but they, uh, I was at a speech and this is why I hate the media so much. Um, we don't have journalists anymore. We have opinionists. Um, I think the word journalism is gone. It's a opinionism. And it's like, hey, I'm going to fucking base my opinion off the little small segment. I mean, that's the problem is you look at the people who are journalists. I mean, their, their perspective on the world is, 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 is fucking, you know, about the size of, of, of this room we're in right now because they've lived in these sheltered ass worlds. And, and so there, then there's no accountability, but I'll never forget, man. I stood up, and this is why I take, I take, uh, you want to call it influencer or whatever, so serious. Like, I, I realized when I walked off this stage that I have to live by the ethos. Like, first off, I have to take a stance. Like, I can't just, I can't just try to be what everyone wants me to be and not offend anybody. Like, I have to well, live. Oh, it's impossible. But, 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 but I, try, I try to do it for a long time because... <clears throat> Well, you know, you rep you represent this. It's bigger than you. No, fuck no. I represent me, and I got everything that I have. Every title that I have in my name, I got it because of who I am. Like, I was Dakota Meyer before I got the Medal of Honor, and that's what got me the Medal of Honor by being Dakota Meyer. So why the fuck would I change it after I got it? Like, and so it's a powerful statement. You know what I mean? And so like, like I'm gonna get this in a platform, and then I'm gonna stop being what got me to this platform. Like, fuck no, right? Yeah. And 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 I had a lot of people that tried to do that, tried to change me for it. But I was standing on the stage in Las Vegas, man, and uh, probably 5,000 people. And I talked, I gave my whole speech, my hour-long speech, and I was answering these questions. And, man, this woman stood up, and, and uh, she, like, nailed me. Because, like, I always give these, you know, purpose, accountability, and never being satisfied. If you apply those three things to your life, there's nothing, everything figures itself out, right? And um, she stood up, and she's like, I, I got you, Dakota. I got you. She goes... I, I, I agree with the problems you've said we have. I agree with you. I agree that we all need to work on exactly what you talked about. I agree with, you know, the, applying that. But, like, who do I have to follow that does it? Like, how do I do it? Like, I want to be that. 
I want to be what you're talking about, but how do I do it? You know, you look back when we were younger, growing up, like, you had, like, Michael Jordan. Yeah. Dude, Michael Jordan, Michael Jordan, you, you never seen, you know, out fucking off, right? Like, dude, he, he like, yeah, he, he fucked up sometimes, but the dude was Assuming. out living an honorable life. Yeah. You know what I mean? Preaching, go to school, be a good contributor to society. Yeah, 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 for Right, sure. you know, and then you turn around and you, you, you look at, you know, I, I, I think about the, the, the people that I looked up to growing up, you know, and now you look and it's like we got people growing up following the Kardashians, you know, following, you know, Cardi B, Cardi B, like, like, and, and look, I'll even go a little bit further, you know, I, I like, I, I love what, you know, I, I think that Donald Trump's a great businessman, right? I think he's a great, he's great at what he, you know, he's, 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 He's a hardcore dude, and he's in some challenging times, right? But I think on the backside of it, we've normalized and dropped the standard. We've normalized shit that shouldn't be normalized. We, we've made it okay for shit that we should be embarrassed of. Does that make sense, right? Like, we've, we've, we've raised that bar of, like, of, of having pride. Like, yeah, we fuck up, but you should never be okay with it. You should never be okay with doing something that's not integrity driven, that's that's a lack of moral character. You know what I mean? Like yeah. like, like like what happened to Well, I think we're going through an interesting phase in society as a whole, right? It's the social media generation. You have, you know, five, six year olds with, with phones in their um, hands getting fed content, getting fed. And I think it really starts, again, at the individual level and the parent level because you can tailor them towards content that's appropriate and hopefully guides them to being a contributor to society. And that's the weird thing with the term influencer, to go back when you're talking about your speech, is like that word gets thrown around a lot. But what does influencer mean? It means that you can influence people. And inherently, people have this want to be led, right? And there's not a lot of leaders out there. And the fucking scary part is sometimes you have these trash humans that become leaders and they know what they're doing, right? It's just like, how do you think fucking Hitler got in power? He's like, oh, if I do these things, I can do this. Like one of the worst fucking humans on the planet, right? So it's like people that have good moral character. and, And I really agree with that sentiment that you said was like, you got to have more influence. And that's something that I've really tried when you were talking about maturing my channel a little bit is like, influencing people to laugh and influencing people to participate in their communities. It's why I sit in these charity boards and it Mm -hmm. fucking puts extra work on my table. It's why I donate my money. It's not for me to get that self-affirmation of look at me, what I'm doing. It's there to hopefully influence people to be involved in the things that they love and and what, because it takes time, energy and money to change things. It it truly does. And you can't just throw a check and say, look at me. And the most valuable piece of that is time. Time. Time is, it's the only thing we have in this fucking crazy world we live in. And that was always the frustrating thing with like, you know, back, like back when you were with, you know, you're doing the article 15 stuff, right? Like doing these just so edgy videos and and like, and that's where I kind of like, you know, with, you know, you talk about the range 15 piece where I backed off of it Yeah, is because like, I felt like so many times, like I would see guys be like, yeah, man, I'm going to drink fucking a whole bottle of Jameson tonight. Cause that's what fucking Matt best does. And I was like, that was a that was a entertaining video. Like yeah. Matt, that's not Matt. Like behind the scenes, Matt's not over here, you know, drinking a bottle well, of Jameson and, and and fucking blowing stuff up, you know, every day. Like Matt's a business guy. He's out there fucking trying to do the best. He's he's you know you know what I'm saying. Like like people were trying, 
So it's such a good point because in the wake of a lot of that stuff, something I realized, right, in a video, I chug a shot, one shot out of a bottle of Jameson. That can influence people to drink a whole bottle of Jameson, right? Whereas it's not like I made a fucking Instagram video going, hey guys, it's the chug a bottle of Jameson thing. I would never do fucking kill yourself, right? Exactly. And it's really interesting to see how able people are to kind of conform your messaging into something that they, they want. And they're, they're having fun and all these things. There's, it, there's been a lot of positive out of it, but is. you're right. Like, and I didn't realize that. Mm-hmm. And the range 15 stuff too, since we've never really talked about it in depth in, in retrospect, like I, I thoroughly loved being a part of it at the time, but I realized certain people were kind of puppet mastering me mm-hmm. in some, some things. And I was unknowingly, yeah doing their dreams that they wanted. And and I really had to fucking sit back. And this goes back to being self-reflective. And I had to go, what the fuck does Matt want? And I got to admit, Evan's helped me out a lot with this because we have such good conversation. And I sit in a fucking room by myself and I go, what what does Matt want in his life? I want to be a fucking great family man. I want to be great for my community. I want to inspire inspire people to love America. I want to be a great business owner. I want to be a better executive. I want to make sure that we have the best company to work for. When you put those things down on paper, you go, why the fuck am I doing that? You know, and it, 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 you think, you know, but you're so yeah. caught up in your shit every single day well, that you don't take that kind of tactical pause and go, wait, why are we hitting that objective? Yeah. Uh, Not well, worth it. <laughs> exactly. Right. I mean, that, that's like, you know, I, I mean, I look, I mean, I, yeah, I mean, you get surrounded, you get caught, it's caught up in the moment, right? Yeah. Like it's a, and, and honestly, I would say that, that. You know, I know you spit those off real quick, but I guarantee you had to sit in that room for a long time when you finally got everybody away from you and you sit down in the room and you're like, what does Matt want? Like, it's like, that's, those are the hardest questions to answer. Like, you know, when, when you're living a life and you're just trying to pay your fuck, like there's different points of life, right? That seasons of life, like you go through, like sometimes I, I hate, I can't stand the guys, the, the guys who are on the internet. And, and if they say this, it's the first thing I know that they're not real and they're full of shit is when they make this statement. Well, just do what makes you happy. Don't, don't be influenced by money. And it's like, well, you're, I got to pay my fucking bills. Like, right, like the only people who say don't worry about the money are the motherfuckers who are rich. And it's like, so there are those times, like there's a balance until yeah. you can get to a point, right? But, but it's, it's, it's a, you know, D-Rock called me out, like dude, D-Rock called me out bigger than anything. And it's where like, if you can look at a flip in my entire social media and I, you could almost guarantee where you can find where he, I started talking to him. And I was on the phone with him one day and I was like, well, you know, I, I can't do this. I can't really do this content because, you know, I would make this company mad. Uh, you know, I, I'd probably offend them. They wouldn't like that. And if I did this, like this company would say something to me, they wouldn't like that. And he's like, but those are the things that you are. And I was like, yeah. He goes, well, why am I even talking to you right now? How do I even know you're fucking being real with me or you're just not being what you, what I, you think I want you to be? Because that's what your whole life is. Right. And I was like, fuck, man. Well, there's so much in that statement, right? Because, um, you, you know, like psych- psychology is like the biggest thing in life to me because our mind influences everything that we do, obviously, and every circumstance we put mm-hmm. ourselves in. And this is an exercise I actually would like for people to do. Yeah. Open up, open up your text message. Let's see. Let's, I'm going to call you out on here. Okay. So Go to your text message. Okay. Done. 
Go to text somebody and hit your text bar. Okay. Click your emoji link. What are your emojis? My emojis. Your, your most used emojis. Um, you don't have to say, but. Yeah. So, okay. So what about that? So the thing here, look, mine are all heart smiles, kisses, obviously a penis emoji and music and stuff. Yeah. Now those represent so much of your behavioral patterns on how you react to situations that are thrown at you. I get in like fucking gun battles in business like once a week and you don't see me fucking with cry faces and all that. And I think it's a good way for people to look at like how they're reacting to life because if it's all sad, crying, angry, you're, you're psychologically conditioning yourself to be more of a negative person and participate in negativity. And once you participate in positivity, that's the time where you can actually focus on yourself and go, all right, how do I like change my life for the better? How do I, am I proactive? And it's going to be hard, but yeah. it, it's, it's funny to me because a lot of the people when I like, I'm that's like, that just seems like a miserable person. You see it. It's all fucking negativity. Mm-hmm. The world hates me. I'm a victim. And that kind of goes back to what you're saying about being yourself. And it's why I hate this whole like, um, victim culture and progressiveness that's coming in. Yeah. It's like, woe is me all the fucking time. And I'm like, dude, some of the most tried people in the world that I've met, dude. like guys like you and, and shit, like you've been through so much, but you're out there every day trying to be better every day, trying to learn yeah. and, and, and be successful. And I'm like, those are the people that you guys need to look up to and, and realize that everybody has a different communication style. I say, fuck, like I'm a sailor, dude. Yeah. But in like, I make racy jokes, like, uh, you know, like, here's a dick joke. Like, I make edgy shit. But that doesn't mean that, like, it's there to intently hurt someone's feelings. You're just hurting your feelings because you're a fucking bitch. Yeah, 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 yeah. You know what? And sometimes you need, like, and and that's the thing, man. And that's I think that's why, like, you know, the people I'm surrounded by, like, you know, like, dude, when they call, like, they, they, like, like, they'll call you out once. They'll call you out twice. And they just won't fucking pick the phone up anymore. Like they, they're not going to deal like they, they ain't got time for anchors. You know what I mean? It's like, it's, it's, um, it's like, uh, it's like back in the military, you know, like if you didn't fucking par up, yeah. like, like you didn't, you didn't show up, like you quit coming to fucking workouts or you quit showing up on ops. What are they going to do to you? Oh, I mean, so I love regiment. Your, your ass is RFS. You're at least gone. for standards. You're, You're gone. Bye, right? Felicia. <laughs> yeah. Like, and, and, and they're not going to like, they'll come talk to you once or twice. Yeah. I'd be like, Hey dude, you need to get your shit together. Hey, hey, what, how can we yeah. help you get your shit together? Right. Like, yeah. what do you need from us? And then if they just see that the heart ain't there, yeah. well, then what are they going to do to you? They're going to fucking get rid of you, right? Like, fuck it. We're not, well, not going to beg you. And that's the thing. If that's your course of life and you want to be lazy, great. But, don't blame me for it, dude. No. no. Don't blame me because I'm successful because, like, I'm a white male. Like, yeah. dude, I grew up fucking poor and I worked for everything I had. Yeah. Joined the military at 17. I've, like, literally... Yeah done this all myself oh, great great friends great business great um, you know what i'm saying but like dude, I, I put myself on that trajectory I came, I came from nothing and people are like i do the thing i hate the worst is when a motherfucker goes well you only got these opportunities because you, you got the medal of honor and it's like you know i, I just want to drag that dude and go like, put him in a gunfight and be like okay say that but, but, I mean, but, but, but not even that like i know i know a lot of motherfuckers that that, that got the medal of honor that aren't out still trying to fucking crush it you know what I mean? Like I get up and wake up every day and fucking that medal of honor plays against me nine times out of 10 anyways. You know? And it's like, it's like, I just like, I just don't understand why so many people like, I don't do anything that's going to affect their life. Like I don't do shit that's going to affect their life. I don't do anything that's going to that like, but why do they got to wake up? And I, 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 I call it mirroring is when I see a dude that talks shit to me, on social media or something about a positive post that I make 
And he talks shit about, you know, well, you're just this or you're, you know, like I had a guy the other day call me a pussy. Right. He's like, you know, you're, you're a pussy. Like I'll, I'll he, he said, I, I was a, I was a pogue, but I'll fight you in any, in any combat sport you want. And I go, first off, combat and sports, they don't go together. Um, but like, where do you, like, how do you just wake up and just decide to fucking go talk shit to somebody you don't even know when I'm not doing anything that's even going to affect you? Yeah, that's a weird, I think that's a weird thing, the whole like trollisms. I think some people do it for entertainment, but some people love to character assassinate. And it's like a weird thing that like you talk to any therapist about how people do it in like relationships and how yeah. they do it in social media. They're, 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 they're fucking so psychologically broken that they think by breaking someone else down that it's going to make them feel better. And that has to be like inherently something that is you imagine ego and narcissist narcissistically driven. So it's just, and I've never got that. I love seeing, and I've had that issues. I had people that fucking hate me because I'm kind of successful, you know, and it's such a bizarre thing kind of in our community sometimes when it's like veteran, this veteran, that, and I'm like, hell yeah, let's all fucking get together. And then I got dudes talking mad shit about me yep. oh fucking bandwagon black right and you're like bro i thought like we we hire fucking we have 220 employees and like half of them are all fucking veterans and then who knows how many like veteran spouses so i'm like why why are you talking shit because like i want to see other veteran businesses succeed yeah. it's like why we brought so many people within the building coached them through social media and all these things and it's like i don't have to do that i don't have to give money from the company yeah. i don't have to participate in any of this but i'm doing it because i put my fucking mouth where my, my money where my mouth is like that's, where that's what i do that's where you're better than me like i have i've tried to get away from the entire veteran community just because like i can't stand it like i can't like like, I can't, like, most, especially, dude, I hear them come up, PTSD. And, like, the first thing I tell you, hey, man, I'm 100% disabled PTSD. Okay. You want a fucking cookie? Congratulations. You know what I mean? Like, it's just like, it's like, dude, stop letting this become your identity. Like, stop letting, the, like, 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 stop, like, go get a fucking identity. Like, like, look, PTSD sucks. Like, okay, it, it's real. But you know what? i tell you what, like. Like PTSD sucks for a combat veteran. PTSD sucks for a sexual assault victim, for a person that's been fucking yeah. raped. You know, PTSD sucks for people who've watched their family members die. You know, I mean, these, 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 you know, these doctors who are watching a thousand people die a day, right? Like PTSD sucks for everybody. Congratulations. Like, I don't really give a fuck what you've gone through. Like you shouldn't give a fuck what I've gone through. Like the worst day of your life is no more significant than the worst day of my life and vice versa, right? right? Like it's the worst fucking day of our life. And it's like, how long, like, why is this, why is this become people's identity? That is such a loaded question. If we just want to do a three hour show, let's dive into Bro, it. Let's but, go. You know, okay. So I'll try to break this down the way that I think about it. And I don't have a perfect way of thinking. And I've said this a lot. I think part of that stigma in our community that people have started believing inside the community as well is based off of like the Hollywood version of what a veteran is. And you have people that are not involved in our community nor culture that are messaging to the world what we are and what we stand for. The broken veteran that, you know, fucking lost his dog and his girlfriend ran away and he's self-medicating and he's got PTS and puts a pistol to his head. Those are images engraved in a lot of civilians' heads. That's so, there, it's up to us as 
former special operations veterans, fucking whoever, all these fucking great people. Show, hey, that's not us. We're out there crushing business. We're out there getting educations. I have a fucking bachelor's degree. I know fucking doctors that were veterans. A veteran is just an experience, right? It is not defining who you are. It is merely There are shitty people who are veterans. Of course. There's bad apples in every community. And then when you start looking at the PTS thing, I think a lot of people have like like that victim card because it's a way for empathy and to, to kind of validate their victimhood because they have that ability. But then there are also people that have PTS that don't know how to go work through it. And that's where I really kind of like... Yeah, but those are the people... But those... And, and I'm going to call it out because like that was me for a long time. Yeah. And I, but I'm going to tell you this. Everybody fed into me. Oh, Dakota, it's okay. Like nobody could imagine what you've gone through. Like, it, it's okay. No, it's not okay for me to be a piece of shit. It's not okay for me to drink my fucking life away. It's not okay for me to talk shit to the people who give a fuck around me. Like, it's okay. Like, like you sitting here having PTSD and drinking your life away and, and not going and trying to find another appointment or another procedure you can go through is the same as if a person's fucking fat and they talk shit about themselves all the time, but they don't go to the gym and they don't change up the way they eat. Yeah, and, and right, and that's where you, good friends really come in because sometimes, listen, we've all been there. Yeah. You need to get your fucking yeah. ruck grabbed and dragged and go, man the fuck up, it's Matt. Fuck I've, it's t- happened to me before. Where I'm like, woe is me, pity me, right? Yep. And that's how, like, and that's a great segue because, like, that's some of the stuff that I'm trying to do, and I'm just doing this for educational purposes, is like, I'm working with a P firm right now, even on a potential, and we'll talk offline about this, like, a very high success rate for PTS, like, yeah. very high. And it's not only for veterans. That's like you're saying. Like we think about rape victims Dude. and all these crazy things. The wor- that, and I think that's the worst. I think, you, you, you know, you, you, that's the, that's the worst, right? Like, like we as veterans have nothing on a rape victim. Like, can you talk about PTSD and trauma? Like, what we've gone through is nothing compared to somebody who has been raped. Like. Like it's not even close. Yeah, every in circumstance is different, but yeah, that that, that that's some really traumatic, traumatic yes. stuff. And so yeah, it's like it's just action based items. That's the way I look at it. And then it goes into like you know the Warriors Heart Foundation I work for because al- treating people that have alcoholism. I think both of us have self medicated heavily at some point in our life. And then you know like the boot campaign again. And that's where I really want to focus my effort going forward is individualized treatment mm-hmm. because if you say something's wrong with you and you're unwilling to go fix it, you're fucked up. Right. Yeah. It's like saying you have cancer and you don't want to go get fucking treatment yeah. or, or if they just whatever. I mean, it's your own life. Do what you want. But that's a way for me to actually hopefully now combat these guys that are like this. Something's wrong with me. And we go find out what the fuck's wrong with you. Yeah. So let's get it. We'll, we'll work as a team and as a family and get you through the issues instead of just sitting on your ass. But you got to be proactive and it's going to be tough and you're going to fucking. And it, and it took me like it took me. I mean, I can remember October 2016 of when I finally started getting, I'm going to do something really about it. Like, I can remember where I was sitting at. I can remember where I was laying at. I was having an anxiety attack in a fucking floor. I can, I, I can remember, like, I thought I was going to fucking die. And, it was hard time for you. And, like, um, dude, I went to, and finally, like, I got, I know it's going to sound crazy, but, um, I mean, all, all my stuff's gone. Like, it's, I, I don't have an ounce of anxiety anymore. Like, it's all gone. I went and did a treatment. Uh, I went and did this treatment down in Mexico. And it was the craziest thing I've ever gone to in my life. Really? Like, Can you speak to what yeah, it was? Yeah, so I've never even, I mean, I've never even talked about it. But, like, I went down there. Basically, I had a buddy. He goes, he's, and so he's Navy SEAL. I mean, 
highly, highly fucking decorated, you know. So he's super attractive and has great hair. hundred percent. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> and, um, he's like, Hey man, I, I went, I went and did this. You need to go do it. And I was like, dude, this is no, this is bullshit. Like this straight up. No, this is dumb. And, uh, he's like, Hey, this is the weekend you're going. And so I went down to this treatment center and so you take two medications and the first night you take the medication, you get there and it's like at like 8 PM that night you take a, a medication and you go, you don't, you don't go to sleep, but you go it's, somewhere else. <laughs> yeah. It's called, but it's not an alternate reality. It's reality. Is it like a ayahuasca kind of thing? So it's called Ibogaine. And so it's like, it's huh. like the, it's, it's the world's strongest plant. And so, um, you I've take it about that. and you go to, you go, it's not an alternate reality. It's reality. So like, I'll never forget. I was laying there and, and there was five of us in a room and, um, and you're talking about some of the highest, like you're talking about like CAG guys there. You're talking about like dev group. I mean, motherfuckers, legit dudes there. Hey man, I was in this thing. I, I was probably went to wherever it takes you. And I was, I was walking through the city, man. And, um, the city was gloomy. Like it was a real city and, and it was, it was almost like, this is in this alternate kind of universe yeah, that you're in. It, right was, now. it was, okay. it was overcast. And, uh, but I, it was daylight, but it's overcast. And like I'm walking through the city, and I, I walk into this first room, and in this room, there's like I'm almost like on a stage, and there's like all these people in this room. And I'm like, what? Like what the fuck's going on here? And then like, it zooms in on their faces, and like I'm, it's like a TV screen, and like it's going through like all these people, and like I felt all this disappointment, like I let them down, and like I was like running around to each of them, grabbing them, like, hey, what can I do to fix this? What can I do to fix this? what did I do wrong? Like, I'm sorry. Like I was just apologizing. I didn't even know what the fuck I was apologizing for. And like, I just felt like I let all these people down and like, it was people I knew. And it was like people who manipulated me my whole life. And like, they were all in there and they just kind of like looked so disappointed in me. Like, I've never fucking done anything to you. Right. And like, I fought it, fought it and fought it. And just like, I was probably in there for four hours and I just started throwing up and just like, like, finally, I got to the point, probably about six hours into it, that I was trying to fix everything, that I finally just, like, fuck it. Like, it, like, broke it in me. It, like, broke that, like, why would I give a fuck what any of these people thought of me? Like, why would I give a fuck what anybody thinks of me? Yeah, that's heavy. Like, and... Um, so these were, like, people that were manipulative, vindictive, and so... These people I knew, like, I mean, I... I I won't do it, but I could go down the list and like name them and like I got like vividly, and I just remember like I was trying to fix it and I just like I could like I couldn't, but there was no reason I was trying to fix it. You know what I mean? Like there yeah. was it was like an empty like, and I just I remember like laying there and I was like I just I don't care what happens to me. I don't give a fuck if I die now. I don't care what happens. Like I just laid there and I just was you, it scary or like freeing. It was just like, it's almost like it broke my ego. You know, like my ego, like I could feel my ego fighting it. And it like broke it. And it was like, why do I give a fuck what any of these people think? Like I kind of got, you know, like where you like want to fix it. And finally you get, you're like, you're mad. You're like, I don't give a fuck anymore. And so I left that room and I walked outside and like everywhere I went, there was these little circle gauges. 
And, and this is still in that universe, right? I'm still there, okay. yeah. Okay. And so, like, it, like you know, like where the little line comes up, like on a fuel tank, it'll go to full. Yeah. What well, said finished? And everything, Whoa. and everything that I, every gauge I seen was that far from being finished. It was almost full. It was ninety percent there, but like I never finished anything. And like I was walking around, I just like they were everywhere. And then I remember seeing like I seen this beautiful ball of light, and like I ran over to it. And there was my two daughters playing. Fuck. And uh, like, I felt like, I felt happy there, right? Like I was like. Holy shit. And um, so then I kept going through the city and like, there was all these things and like, just like really, really reflective pieces of like anchors in my life. And I like, you watched them, like how I talked to people, you know, it's like all these things and um and I came out of it like 14 hours later. Whoa. And now that you, long? Yeah. And you can't go to sleep. Like you don't go to sleep because if you go to sleep, your body makes you start throwing up. And if you open your eyes, it's like the worst spinning that you've ever seen. So in your are life. you just laying stationary mm-hmm. with your eyes closed, but mm-hmm. you have to maintain consciousness? Yeah. And you're like watching it like your life on a TV screen. <laughs> Fucking gnarly. But it's like reality. Like it's like real people. Like you know, like, like shit from my childhood like i never seen one thing from war not one thing from war in the whole experience nope not one thing from war and so i came out of it and i was really pissed off like i was like why did you bring like why did i come down here like i asked the doctor i'm like why did i like this is what i came here for like this didn't help me any right this is the shit i've been trying to get rid of my whole life and um he's like look just wait till the next medication and um I took the next medication, which was 5-MeO, uh, which was 5-MeO DMT. And uh, it comes from a toad, right? It's like all natural. And uh, you took it. And as soon as you laid back, man, like you, you're sitting there and, and, and you lay back. And it's like you're, you're, it's like you're, it's like your feet are warping through like a tunnel. Like imagine like a tunnel, but you're moving at the speed of like if uh, – if a uh, like the Millennium Falcon in Star Wars. That's what I'm saying. <laughs> exactly. Like yeah. going to another universe. Yeah. And uh I lay back and, and so you do you do what's called the handshake and you go to test it. So you can let you gotta let go, like your ego will fight it. And then like on the third the third time, I was gone, man. And like it was all white around me. Like not a white you could ever mimic. Like the most beautiful white you've ever seen in your life. Like you can't see anything, but this white all the way around you. And, um, you felt weightless. The temperature was, was perfect. Like the most perfect temperature you ever, you ever felt. And then like all you felt was happiness and love, like not in any way you've ever felt it. Like you felt good. You felt happiness. You felt love in like a, a way that you could never, you could never, like there's not words in the English language that could describe all that. And you're like there and it's like, holy fuck, man. Like this is, this is amazing. And it, and then, you know, you start coming out of it. And the first thing you think of is like, why would I do this? And so it just showed me like the only thing that's standing in between us being happy is our ego. Yeah. And, you know, when you look at it, it's like, 
you know, the, so I, I, the second time I went there, um, you know, I, I didn't see my teammates, but I felt them, and they, they said, they said we, we know you tried your best. And, uh, dude, you come out of there, and you're just like, dude, this, this is in me. This is in all of us. Like, like, heaven is in all of us. You know, this place that people talk about, you know, you read in the Bible, no matter how you talk spiritually, but it's in all of us. The good and the happiness is in every bit of us. That's why God says he lives within you. And the only thing that's keeping us from that is ourselves. So every level, every layer, and, and, and I looked at this, and, like, I came back, and, like, it's been, I've not had any anxiety, not one ounce of anxiety since I've been back. And it's just, it was like, you start thinking about this stuff and every thought you have when you consciously think, yeah, it's like an app that somebody put on you. Like yeah. we're like an iPhone and every way you look at something, every way you look at the world is like an app that's downloaded on you. And every negativity that you have in your life is like an app that you put on your phone. I couldn't, I couldn't agree more, right? It's all the social constructs and everything that we've been developed to believe in over the course of yeah. every year that we've been alive. And it's, it's powerful. I think what, I mean, shit, man, that was fucking deep. Uh, I think what, would you say after that experience, like that ego and being able to walk, step away from it and go, fuck, none, none of this really matters. That happiness inside of me and my soul is what matters. And yeah, I mean, like, like, like I think the piece that helped me out the most is whenever I looked at it and I say, um, dude, like, I don't have to justify to anybody on why I'm doing what's best for me. Right. Like, think about that. Like, I don't, I don't need to make you, un I don't need to, to, I don't need your write-off or your, 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 you to agree with me to do the best thing for me. How crazy is that? Like, yeah, I think I think it's freeing and in such a powerful statement because we're we're conditioned to rely on other people and their affirmation. And their affirmation, and, right? But but and but that's their own projection of who they think you should be, and not the one that you have internalized and truly believe in yourself. And even if they even if they do want what's best for you, they don't know every detail to you. No, they don't know what you've gone through, what you're going through. It's easy to, I mean, backseat drive it and, is. and 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 retrospectively criticize people and actions because you weren't there in the moment. You weren't there. And so it's like, you know, to be able, and then the other piece of it is, it's like, it helps me. It's almost like gave me a gauge of, well, am I really arguing about this or is this my ego arguing about this? Right. And I think that once you can, you know, you talk about mastering, you know, your mind, you talk about being able to master pushing through, you know, like we did physically, we were trained in the military to push through so much shit, but you know, the same thing that made me successful in the military, the same thing that made you successful in anything we do is also something that we have to gauge. And what I mean by that is like, look, if we didn't have egos in the military in the circles that we were in, dude, you would have never, you'd never been there. You had to have that ego. Of and, course. And, and we built the whole life off of lies. And when I say that, we lied to ourselves that we were invincible we lied to ourselves about, you know, this is what we're doing, right? I mean, you had to, at some point, cut off reality and object, object, 
I, I couldn't, I couldn't agree more. I think the ego is such a powerful thing. And I, you know, I listen to a lot of Aubrey Marcus and a lot of people talk about ego over there. And it's, it's interesting because sometimes ego is such an important vessel for, for success. I mean, you look at competitive sports yes. or competition, it's all ego driven, especially in the military too. Like I am my, my, I put this even in my book. I said, I'm fucking invincible and I, I'm better trained than everybody. Mm-hmm. I got this. And like, you know, and then I kind of went through a couple of things where I realized I wasn't and kind of convinced myself I was going to die 100%. Yeah. And that was a freeing thing for me. And like, I've always been a very like spiritual person and try to be fairly emotional, intelligent. Uh-huh. And I think that's everything that you went through is it speaks to emotional intelligence. It's okay to turn that ego on sometimes. Like when I go bow shoot against Evan, my ego is at a hundred percent. Right. But does it really matter to me? I have that switch where I can turn that off and go, if I lose, it doesn't matter, but it's fun. I'm participating in group activity. This is great, but it's not going to impact the rest of my day. Like yeah. it's, it's, it's bizarre that people don't have that kind of control on their ego, but it, it takes experience and a lot yeah. of life to get it, there. And it, I'm not fully there yet. No, no. I mean, I still struggle with it. Right. But I, you know, and the other thing that gave me a freeing piece of it was, is like when you hear somebody say, well, I was upset all day about this one event. Yeah. Well, you only have seven minutes that you're into your mind switches of another thought. And so like every time you do that, you're consciously choosing, choosing to think about that every seven minutes. So if you add up how many hours you thought about this one event and you dwelled on it, you chose that every seven minutes to do that. Yeah. And the power of the choice and the control we have of ourselves is just astronomical. If we, if we will make ourselves vulnerable and look in the mirror to actually what reality is of us. Yeah, I, I agree. And, and just having the, the control over that passion and energy, you know, I, I use that reference a lot where I think we're all this kind of big ball of energy. Mm-hmm. And for someone like me, I can, I've been a little self-destructive in my life because oh. if I have nowhere to put that energy, yeah. like it fucking will explode this whole fucking room because I'm like an atomic nuclear bomb of energy. I have so much of it, yep. so much drive, but if I don't control that energy, it will fucking blow up a, a country, you know? If you don't control it, it'll control yeah, you. Yeah, 100%. I think we're very similar in that 100%. regard. And I've had to learn to really take tactical pauses in my life. And then when I start going down the road, go, oh, shit. Okay, I, you know what? I'm going to go crush the gym for two hours. And, like, I have to get it out. And once I'm out, I'm like, oh, it's just like, not to use a sexual reference, but, like, you'll do the dumbest shit to get laid. Yeah. And then the second, like, you'll call an ex-girlfriend that, yeah. you know, tried to blackmail yes. you and then... The second you come, like, oh my God, what did I do? Yes. Right? And it's that clarity. And you have to search and understand how to provide that clarity. Like my brother told me this when I was like 16. He goes, Matt, if you're ever considering not bringing a girl over, but you want to, just go jack off. And I, for some reason, that stuck with me for 30, 30 years or, you know, however, yeah. 16 more years. Because I was like, man, you can find the moments. It's hard to get past all that energy in your body just saying, do it, do it. And you got testosterone flowing. Everything's coming into you. And you're like... I, my mind is the strongest part of me. I'm going to jack off before I call that X, right? Like it, yeah. but it takes a lot of effort and, and intelligence to do that. But you think like, you know, you, you, we are habits of creature or creatures of habit, right? So like if you ever get into that routine of where you, you know, you have to break the routine yeah. first, it's like going to the gym or like, you know, every time I get hungry, I'm going to go to the, to the cabinet and grab a cookie, right? Or a donut yeah. or some shit like that. You know, once you start changing that, then that becomes the habit. But same thing with everything in life, right? If you, every time you get mad, you go and you punch a wall or you punch somebody. Exactly. If you can start changing those habits, then, you know, how you react will be the new habit. Check this out. That's why I did that 
emoji thing with you because I truly believe that if you have the cognitive ability to take that pause and react in a way that you know it's going to provide long-term happiness, not short-term happiness, because it feels good to explode. It feels oh, good it does, to hit a wall. Of course. Yes. But then you got to patch the drywall. Then you got to fucking not use your hand for two weeks because you broke a knuckle. Yep. Like third and fourth order effects. That's how this world works. And I think that's something I've really tried to condition myself and I really want other people to learn is like, be, be smart about how you react to life around you. It's just the same thing with like relationships. And I've, you know, gone through a couple public ones and it's like, I got came at pretty hard publicly and deep down, I know I'm a fucking good dude. Yeah. I make a lot of mistakes, yeah. but I'm a fucking good dude because I, I like, I, I, I owe that to my family and my fucking brothers that fucking got killed and shit. Like not my real brothers, but my, you know, yeah, teammates and stuff. Like I, I fucking owe it to them to be a good dude. So I deep down knew I don't need to react and fucking explode. Yeah. Take this on social media because they win. That's what they want, mm-hmm. right? And, that, and that's app- that. applicable to anywhere. It's like, you know, haters on the internet that come on there and just try to fucking, I heard this about them. I heard, you know, and I can engage or I can just go, does it fucking matter? Because while you're writing this shit review or comment and you're getting spun up over your whole day, I'm going to take that energy, go fucking throw the Frisbee for my dog. But you know, but you know where the time, the time that that does matter is because like they'll hit a nerve yeah. of a place that we're not comfortable in. For sure. That, that's where They're it gets you, it. right? That's where they get, they know, they watch and they, you know, but it's just, I'm with you, man. I mean, I think that like the more self-aware you can be, um, but you got to be true to yourself and that's the hard part, man. Like, well, looking but, in, but that's what I'm saying. If you, if you have that intelligence there, yeah, I think the camera kind of turned off. Then you can actually take that tactical pause and you might go, you know what? I'm going to punch this motherfucker in the face. Like maybe that's the outcome. Yeah. And I'm not saying it's always passive because yeah. listen, no. sometimes violence is needed in life sometimes and, it is. and aggression. Yes. Like, trust me. Accountability. Accountability. There is no right. accountability without conflict. <laughs> True that, you know, you know, and uh, so it's just, I'm with you. I'm with you. Well, I didn't mean to, I didn't mean to get us that, that, that far into it. No, but, I loved it. I was heavy. Thank you. No, you're the man. I appreciate you for coming on, brother. All right. Thanks Dakota. Thanks man.